The StreamSets DataOps platform is the world's first single platform for building smart data pipelines across hybrid and multi-cloud architectures. You can build, run, monitor, and manage data pipelines confidently with an end-to-end -end data integration platform that's built for constant change. Amp up your productivity with easy-to-navigate interface with hundreds of pre-built sources and destinations. Once you're up and running, your smart data pipelines are resilient to data drift, those ongoing and unexpected changes in your data infrastructure and pipelines. Finally, you have one single pane of glass for operating and monitoring all of your data pipelines. Get started today building data pipelines in minutes for free at streamsets.com slash tag data. The first 10 listeners of this podcast that subscribe to StreamSets Professional Tier will receive two months free after their first month. Hello, I'm Dr. Beverly Wright, and welcome to Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Stephanie Dean, Senior Supply Chain Analytics Technical Manager with Clorox. <laughs> welcome to Tag Data Talk, Stephanie. Thank you. Glad to be here. That is quite a title you have here. Yes, it is. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Why are you so cool? Well, I'm cool because I'm a poster child for what self-service analytics can look like for everybody. Analytics is for everybody. I don't have a master's in analytics. I don't have a PhD in data science. What I have is 20 years of supply chain experience and a passion for analytics. I have a passion for data. And in the last six years, I've been doing strictly supply chain analytics and cultural transformation and a few a while back, I looked over the first 20 where I was in supply chain in various roles between planning, manufacturing management, and customer logistics, and realized that in every role that I've had since I was in college, I've been either teaching about data, helping people make technology doable, and just making it very relatable for people. And that's what I love to do, and that's why my work is so cool today, because I get to do this work that's been a lifelong passion all the time and get paid for it. Oh, that's amazing. And I got to tell you, Stephanie, that is like super inspirational because it's it can be very intimidating. Uh, my company does a salary study, and some of the things that we look at are things like degrees and experience and you know all this kind of funny stuff um, about how us data scientists look. And do you know that 40% of the AI jobs are um, PhDs? There mm. are PhDs in there. Mm -hmm. And only 13% are like masters and below in other types of data science jobs. Mm -hmm. So AI professionals. So it can feel a bit intimidating. And to hear that you have you have a different kind of background mm -hmm. and you, you, know, you took a machete and you cut your way into this world, mm -hmm. that can be really inspiring for some of our listeners. So thank you for sharing that. Well, analytics is for everyone. And that's the, the key message that I want to share today is that we have to, in analytics, help people find their way to it in the way that, that makes a sense to them and it feels natural to them. If we, if we demystify analytics, we all get to do it and the world gets to be a better place. Wow. That is, wow. I can tell that you're definitely a culture champion here. Um, so our topic today is about enabling an analytics culture through transformative processes, which um, you and I kind of talked about the right topic and this is definitely in your wheelhouse. So before we talk more about enabling the analytics culture, something that so many companies are struggling with, can you help us understand what does that even mean? What is an analytics culture? Analytics culture is different from a data culture. And I want to make that first distinction. It's about enabling a meaningful business conversation using data. And we want to have everybody on the journey at the different stages where they are. 
So we have many dashboards and spreadsheets that are just stating the facts. That's not an analytics culture. That's mm. a data culture. Mm. The real question is, what business problems are we trying to solve? And what can we do to make the data trends move in the direction that's good for us and the customer? We're going to have a lot of different people on different parts of the journey. And creating that culture that enables everybody to be where they are on the journey is what makes a culture analytics uh, transformation maturity. Okay, gotcha. So... I'm hearing a few different, um, I guess, verbs here. You're talking about enabling. Mm -hmm. You mentioned creating. And you didn't really say the word leverage. You said something else. But you're um, somehow leveraging. And then I think you talked that the heart of it is decision making. Mm -hmm. So can you, that's like sort of a word salad. But can you help me (laughs) untangle that word salad and say like, okay, this, here's how you know you have an analytics culture. Well, I'll start with, can we have a business conversation? And I, I, oh. when I first created the very first intro class that I teach at, at our company mm-hmm. for analytics, and this is at the very earliest levels, it's not even talking about any particular technology. It's just saying, how do we think about this? What I start with is, can we have a business conversation? Is there, are there two people sitting at the table looking at one data point and one insight and and having a meaningful conversation together with the data driving that conversation. Not looking at the data and reading the numbers, but just to say, is this offering me an insight that I can get instantaneously to continue my conversation and to support it? Okay, gotcha. Who would be at that proverbial table? Everybody. Oh. Everybody. So you want to put the analytics at the level that the person is. So you have VP conversations, and those are going to be much more high level about strategy and about how you know the whole company is doing. You want to have uh, individual worker conversations, and those are going to be much more detailed. They're going to be much more granular about what do I need to do in this transactional state in the system right now, and how can I bring the analytics to the table there? We can have conversations with our partners, and we want to make sure that, you know, the, the conversation about, for instance, uh, a common measure like fill rate or on-time delivery or uh, sales, you know, trends year over year, any of those are going to be geared to the exact people at the table. So you're going to have a different conversation with a marketing team than you're going to have with a sales team, than you're going to have with a customer, than you're going to have with a logistics team. Oh. Every insight and visual needs to be custom t- uh, uh, tailored to that person. Okay, so it's not a question of... It's not, it's always going to be the CIO and it's always going to be the CTO. It's not, it's not like that. Yeah, it's it's for everybody. It's for everybody. So mm-hmm. if whatever the business problem that they're trying to solve, um, the analytics culture means that you're absorbing this information and you're actually putting it into action. Mm-hmm. You're not just reading the data exactly. and getting reports, but when you see, um, when you see something, you're able to absorb it, do something with it. Right. And I even have a four, um, a four-pronged approach to how we identify what the right visual is for that user persona. And it's things like weeds versus clouds. Mm. Are we empowered to act? Is this the information that this person can absorb in this way, in a meaningful way? And does it make sense to them? And it is it enabling a conversation? So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that we want to have every single user of any dashboard, any insight, any feature engineering, you know, data science kind of project to be able to relate to those four questions so that we can make sure that they're working at the right level. Okay. I'm, I keep hearing the um, customization, relatable, and and focused on their language. It sounds like this is very moldable. It's and, and Analytics and data science need to be custom agile. designed. And, they need uh, to be agile. agile. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, this sounds wonderful and great and like a, a, a world I would want to live in. But the reality is it's hard. It is hard. Help us understand what is so hard. When I first started in my official analytics capacity six years ago, and I had already been on the journey of teaching and helping people and you know modeling and thinking about how do we answer the right business questions, but I, I went into an official analytics role and I realized that the hardest part was just going to be get, getting people to open the technology that I was offering them. Uh, so I would spend you know weeks developing something that I thought answered a really tough business question because they brought me in because I knew this particular field very well and I knew how to answer the tough questions. And I would work very hard to deliver a project and realize that you know after the first presentation, they say, oh, this is cool. This is so exciting. And I checked back a week or two later and they hadn't even opened it again to look at it to say, is this anything I could do with? And so I realized at that time, and I started to feel the pain of the customer who was intimidated by, number one, the black box, number two, the technology that was new to them, and number three, just not having time to slow down and digest. So what I realized is I needed to make a way for people to to bridge from the way they were working into new technology and new ways of thinking about technology. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did is we we stopped uh, and said, let's don't focus on the data. Let's focus on the dimensions. Let's break this apart and say, why do we need to have a star schema, for example? We want to have a star schema because the dimensions are the storytelling elements. The data is just the numbers that give it context. Mm-hmm. So we kind of flip it on its head. And that was the first real insight that helped people to start to connect with why we need to advance our data understanding and our and our analytics understanding to make it relate to the business conversation. Mm-hmm. So the the challenge of the black box, which is the technology that people don't understand. Right. I'm not talking about data science black box. I'm talking about technology. Why why are we resistant and afraid or just not willing to slow down and, and take the time to digest? Mm-hmm. And so that's the first real problem. The second one is um, they learn how to do the work in the way that flows in their business. So if you offer a dashboard or if you offer a, a data science project that's you know coming through in Python code or something that's really not something that every man can understand, the analytics you know self-service user can understand, right. then they are not it's it's not flowing naturally into the way that they do their work. I see. They have to stop and take time on a Friday afternoon when they're really already kind of brain dead to to go figure out something that they don't understand. So what we want to do is integrate it into the way that people work. And that's the challenge that we try to tackle in our analytics maturity uh, journey. Gotcha. Okay, a couple of things. Um, you mentioned that one of the precursors to figuring out like, okay, we got we to gotta solve for this was that items would get produced, data science products would get produced, an analytic of some sort. Mm-hmm. And it would get delivered to the business and they were all excited about it, but it just fell on, it just died on the vine. Right. And that's that Gartner 85%. Happens all the time. Right, happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because if a company's making a bunch of widgets and we had to throw 85% away, can you imagine like how long are they going to be right. making widgets, right? Right. So that was the kind of eye opener. And then I think you mentioned two things. Um, one was the breaking apart and turning it on its head. So maybe unpack that just a tad more to make mm-hmm. sure I got that. And the second is integration. Like don't try to push everything new on them. Try to integrate what you're creating um, into a workflow that they're accustomed to, that they're mm-hmm. used to using. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's hard to get users to use the technology and the solutions that you're providing. Exactly. So let's go back to the unpack the dimensions versus the data, the facts yes. tables. Yes. So we start, you know, 
typical users in the business will start with Excel. Mm -hmm. They love their Excel files because that's where we all grew up. In the in this generation of, of people in the workforce, we've all been in Excel because it came out in the uh, in 1986. So we've had 35 years of working in Excel, and the, what we do is we lay data out flat across the dimension with dimensions, you know, right in the middle of the data, and people do a pivot table, and then suddenly they're just, you know, they're they're flowing. Mm -hmm. We have to break out the storytelling elements. We want to have data not be for its own sake, not for numbers, but to say, what are the storytelling elements that we get from the data? And those are the what, where, when, and who. So those are the four key elements of a storytelling. And we get to the why later, but we're really going to talk about the what, where, when, and who. And if you start to think about how a star schema model is set up, you're going to typically have those three or four customer uh, those four dimension tables. You're going to have a customer table, a product table, and this is in you know in a, uh, an OEM kind of business or a retail business, a customer product calendar and plant or or you know customer site. So the what, when, where, and who are going to show up in the story because of the way you structure your dimension tables. I see. And so if we start to teach people, this is why it matters. This is how you start to summarize and what grain are we at and how do we start to back this up? Because when we're at that grain of you know 10,000 customers, we're getting no insights. Right. But if we can start to group them and cluster them in ways that make sense, mm -hmm. now we can use the dimension table to give us more meaningful insights. We don't want to be working on this customer, customer A or customer 12376 had you know, 2% increase versus last year. That's not a meaningful insight. Right. But if we can start to tell stories about, you know, the different aspects that are the exceptions or the outliers and why they're the outliers, then we get to a more meaningful insight. Gotcha. Okay. So those are the two big kind of paths to get you um, to a point where your user, your users are using, mm -hmm. you know, the, yeah. the stakeholders yeah. are able to absorb and yeah. get benefit out of the analytic solutions. And it's relatable. They, they aren't right. overwhelmed by too much tech. They're talking about how do I tell a story and they go back to their high school English class to talk about how do they write an essay. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's very relatable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it almost sounds as if the um, majority of the burden, if not completely, is on the data science group. Yes. Is that is that accurate? I, I, well, I'd say it's both. Okay. So it definitely has to be a collaboration and a partnership. But the challenge that data scientists have is that relatability. And mm. I've seen that over and over again, is that we want to go right to the feature engineering. We want to go right to, you know, writing the code and, the, and building the model and uh, determining what the best fit is. And we've left immediately, when you start talking that, that language, you've left behind your business consumer. Mm -hmm. And really, we're not even ready at, at our stage of a variety of different points in development. We're not ready to talk about those things yet. We have to start with the four basic elements of analytics, descriptive, diagnostic, predictive, and, and prescriptive. Mm -hmm. And people say, oh, yeah, let's go do data science. And I say, no, you're not ready yet. We need to talk about how do you identify the data that you're working with today? Let's get intelligent about it and say, this is just stating the facts. This is not analytics. Mm -hmm. It's just stating the facts. You haven't given me any insights. You haven't shown me any trends. It's just a number. And so we got to get out of this stating the facts descriptive place and start working our way towards that next level of maturity and and really demand that people take each of those steps on the way so that they do it with uh, with with integrity. Okay. Yeah, this is tricky because if we're saying we got to get away from that, then what are they doing in place of that? Because people, you know this, Stephanie, people love their dashboards. Oh, yeah. And uh, who moved yeah. my cheese, yeah. if anybody, my vegan cheese in my case, but who moved my vegan cheese? Where's my dashboard? Why is my number not here? Uh, what are we suggesting? 
Well, we're not suggesting necessarily to drop the dashboards. We're okay. suggesting to meet people where they are. So if, if we're in the dashboards and they're dropping a lot of numbers, we're saying, what can you get out of this? What is the business question you're trying to answer? Who is the persona that's using it? And what business conversation are they having? Okay. So you keep relating it back to those basic questions when you're at that I love my dashboard stage. Yes. And I'll tell you, honestly, sometimes it's I love my Excel spreadsheet stage. And can I just dump all this data back into Excel? Yeah. And so we want to try to pull people forward and say, well, what are you doing and Excel that you can't do in this next stage. And let's create this this agility that allows us to answer those business questions on the fly. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mostly we've talked about um, this from a technology standpoint. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that help enable this analytics culture that are non-technology based? Well, it's embedding it into the way we work. And I'll give an example. We're in the process of developing an organization-wide scorecard that enables the business conversation to be had around the scorecard. Mm. That is so important for us to make sure that we're embedding it into the way we work. And it requires us to to, uh, be very concise. It requires us to not dive too deep into the details and to work at the right level. Mm -hmm. So those user personas become very important because we have a situation where leaders are finding themselves getting overwhelmed by their work and their day because they're trying to dig in too deep into the details. And so we want to have everybody work at the level that they should be working at, which enables us to flow better and the, the de- details and data are there and available for the right level of work that enables the actions. Okay, that makes sense. Very nice. Um, we've talked through several steps that can be taken to inspire this data science, mm-hmm. um, more data-inspired kind of culture. Um, what Any additional steps you want to mention? The way that we started was to do an all call. Uh, y'all come to my my intro class in analytics. Oh. That was that was exciting and it was fun. We trained uh, several thousand people in our company really? through that process, wow. which was exciting. But it was not delivering meaningful, specific value as, as a consistent basis that we could capture. We knew that there were you know hundreds of users all over the company who were doing cool projects, but we weren't able to capture it and really identify why we needed to invest deeper. Mm-hmm. So what we shifted to was a model of a cohort that said, let's let's uh, work with the executive leaders, the executive team, to identify what are the most meaningful projects that we want to improve value for the company for them. And then have them dedicate resources, one that would be a, a leader of the analytics within the business function, and then others who would be business knowledge uh, leaders to come along on the journey with us. And we took them through uh, the analytics leaders. We took them through a week-long study of, you know, this is where we're going and this is how we want to approach the project. And we had a very specific template for that. Mm-hmm. And then the second week, we would start off with a kickoff of the business function leaders who are not necessarily analytics people and say, this is why it matters. This is the analytics piece of the journey that we want you to come along on. So it's kind of a light version. And then we took another six to eight weeks to continually iterate and make sure that we were finding those user personas, training people, going through the process and creating the value and then celebrate the wins. So this is a a quarter or so long process that we take a few cohorts through every quarter. And it creates this sense of immediacy in the value creation of the analytics. I and that it. starts to really embed uh, across the different functions. That's nice. That's wonderful. So the the all call, did that have a name? They have a, like Clorox University or something? Data? No, we just, no, okay. it, it was just a, a couple of classes that we had that we would put out, you know, Power BI intro and, and yeah. intro to analytics. Right. Kind of I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then you move to the cohort and now you have like training regularly. You mm-hmm. have a set of champions that mm-hmm. sort of like take the responsibility for their areas to yes. become more data literate. Um, mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Uh, Stephanie, this is really good information. I would love for you to tell our listeners what final piece of advice you might give 
to someone that's trying to um, really inspire data, a data culture, a data science or analytics culture through transformative processes? How would you, if you had to give them one little piece of advice? You know, it's just make it fun. It's oh. make it it's make it relatable and make it fun. So we want everybody to feel welcome on the journey. We want the executives especially to be modeling the journey. And so I've worked with the, our executive team in the supply chain side of our business mm-hmm. to cr- create a one-on-one executive championship uh, cl- class for them so that they feel comfortable because they're a lot of times not you know so connected with getting in and diving into the new technology. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that they feel comfortable and that they're modeling for, for their team and that it really starts to permeate every single user in the company at the level that they're working at, whether it's transactional, insight, strategy, wherever it may be to make sure that everybody feels connected, relatable, and excited to be on the journey. Wow, that's so cool. So start with kind of executive level, let them lead by example mm-hmm. um, to make this a very relatable and fun kind of journey. Because mm-hmm. data, I mean, data science, as you know, it's is, fun. It is. It's yeah. really a great career. It's it's kind of the wow fact. I mean, I just, yeah, yeah. I start smiling when I think about it because it's so fun when you get the, the cool insights out. But there's a lot of hard work on the way and we want to make sure people don't feel intimidated. Right. That's wonderful. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Stephanie okay. Dean. Senior, let me get your title right. Stephanie <laughs> Dean, Senior Supply Chain Analytics Technology Manager That's it. <laughs> at Clorox, for talking to us about enabling an analytics culture through transformative processes. Thank you.